0: Welcome to episode three of Matriarch Motivation. Matriarch Motivation is a podcast I created because I felt there was a voice missing in the motivational speaking community, especially the fact that it's male-dominated, and I believe women should have a greater stance in that, uh, in that, in that right. So, um. I am someone who absolutely thrives on motivational speeches. I love the work of Tony Robbins, Gary Vee, Andy Frasilla, Jocko Wilnick, and these men constantly inspire me to do better, live larger, live harder. And but there are times where I go looking for a female voice and a female power. And there are many women who have done speeches who are extremely inspiring Michelle Obama, Meryl Streep, um, Angelina Jolie um, Oprah, Ellen you know there there's on a number of I won't I won't say one-offs but some- offs but the women who make it their passion to be speaking to women and motivate them in our, in our power, which I believe is a spiritual and emotional power that is largely untapped and often pushed and cast aside for the highly aggressive and brute force uh, motivation of men. And the women I do see who are very great at their job of motivational speeches and inspiring speeches often share a exterior source for their power. They're sharing, um, talking about how the universe or how they've manifested a spirituality or God outside of them or above them. And I am someone who believes deeply in the power of ours coming from within, that our own spirits guide us and that our own emotions and thoughts and our capabilities and ideas can can come from within us and that they do. And I don't need to be inspired or pushed um, or led by a greater power outside myself that I have it within and I build it and I make it and I create it on my own. And I wanted to create a voice. I wanted to put out into the world what I wish to see, a voice for women who believe the same. So this was the birth of matriarch motivation. And I hope this inspires uh, many women who need who need what I was looking for. So, this this four part series to begin to open Matriarch Motivation podcast. You can find it on Spotify, Anchor, Google, and you will also find me speaking on YouTube. I am video recording all of these. Uh, if you're watching this, you can see that. So, the and I decided to share my journey as a surrogate. I am currently four months pregnant with a baby girl for two amazing fathers that are based in France, and I am proudly and happily on this journey, but it's a long time coming. If you've listened to the first two episodes, you know where this started back in November of 2018, and um, the ovarian ruptures that I experienced and, and was experiencing, and then um, at the end of episode two, we covered how I finally got to the decision of surrogacy and that that started with an idea to have a baby on my own, that after multiple ruptures, ovarian ruptures, I was sick and fed up with simply not having built the family I wanted, um, not having carried on having children, and that that was a major struggle for me and so who, who, let's start off with who am I? Um, my name is Julia, and I am the founder of Pretty Aggressive Industries. My story started back um, when I decided to recover from a abusive, toxic, intergenerational legacy. Um, and I wrote a book on the resiliency tools that it takes to thrive in this life instead of simply surviving. Many of the skills and coping mechanisms that we don't learn when we come from Adverse childhood experiences and legacies of trauma and abuse in family systems. So from that, I built a business on helping women recover from those childhood backgrounds and those traumatic abuse family legacies and intergenerational transgenerational abuse. And I am also now a certified personal trainer and certified nutrition coach, um, all wrapped in to address mind, body and spirit healing for people, women who have been through Um, hard knock lives, school of hard knocks, and want to change, change what that looks like for them. To start running and sprinting and breathing hard in this life instead of feeling like you're drowning all the time. So that's the background where I come from. And um, I deeply believe that sharing our stories and sharing our experiences as women, we are a very tribal species. And building communities of information sharing is hardwired into the woman, the female psyche. And that is where we derive our power from. And I believe that I would like to, I believe in contributing to that. So here we are. So last episode, um, just to recap a little bit, I found that treatment for ovarian cyst ruptures was multiple, having multiple ovarian cyst ruptures was contraceptive or birth control or to be having, uh, trying to have children. So my, my history with that is I currently have a five-year-old daughter, five and a half, and her father and I split when she was two, and I spent um, many years, including the time that I was having ovarian structures, um, very bitter that I was not continuing my my family, that I wasn't continuing to have children. I wanted to have many, and I wanted to have many with the man that I married and the man that I had my first child with. And life just doesn't fucking work out that way. If so many of us have learned anything, life is not going to be wrapped in a box with a pretty bow. And I think that one of the most powerful capabilities that have as women is to adapt evolve change um make decisions that allow us to continue living the best lives we can and that when shit hits the fan we figure it out so that's that's what i did (laughs) that's what that's what i figured out i i came to a point after through the ovarian cyst ruptures, one having starting you know we as women we really connect our bodies and our spirits we really do we have a we if if we get in touch if we pay attention if we are inspired and and guided well we can develop incredible connections between our body and our spirit And sometimes this can really elevate the way we live our lives, but it can also be extremely damaging. Um, Especially, you know, the most obvious example is how the media talks to us about our bodies and how we talk to ourselves about our bodies after experiencing the media. So everything from uh, body shaming to body harm to uh, believing that one of our systems is malfunctioning if it's not uh, allowing us to walk the path of a of a maternal being so many of my questions and struggles with my ovarian structures is what will this look like if i want to keep having children and i turn i turned that fear back in on myself um throughout the process of of working of living ovarian cyst ruptures where i learned i learned that if you are attempting to reproduce if you are working on having kids or you are in if you are reproducing that your chances of having ovarian cyst ruptures lower from something like 30 to 60%. So the story i created in my head was a fear-based self-hatred story of, of a spiritual one, where I believed that the universe was trying to communicate to me that because I wasn't continuing to have children, my reproductive system was punishing me. Can you believe that? That that's a story I was telling myself about what my body was doing to me, that um, my my own my own female internal genitalia what made me a woman was punishing me for not for not doing something i wanted to do that i could do as a woman that i wanted so badly and that this this was a message from the universe that at the the world at large to to continue my family system to continue having children it's it can be crazy absolutely crazy making what we tell ourselves and that's a story I decided on and I want I want women to understand how powerful our own words can be on ourselves and how they can release us and they can empower us or they can carve us into a corner and they can deafen us they can limit us, and this this story, although walking that path led me to where I am and who I am now. There was a gear shift change I made at one point, which we'll we'll talk about later, um, that allowed me to release that um, that fear based story that I was suffering negative consequences for not participating in something. I really wanted in life, which which in many times we hear from many other stories, from women and men, from everyone, from people, that that happens, that when we go against, um, you know, when we're not living our passions, when we're not participating in dreams that we feel so deeply about, that our shit just gets fucked up every every next step we take is a step on nails and pins and hot coals that if you're not if you're working a desk job and trying to become a writer that every day you go back to your desk job that your life just gets worse and if you would just give up the ghost and go be a writer that you would stop suffering and i was telling myself i was using that blueprint of a story on if you don't start having children that you dream of having you're you're going to continue suffering ovarian cyst ruptures and you know in some ways i still look back and and um although although that story is toxic in a way i that wondering that and walking that path for a while walking that belief led me to where i am but as when I do coaching with my clients, um, and they they talk through a story in a negative way, or they try to set a goal in a negative way, one of the tools I use um, is to change the language and change the wording into positive words and positive set goals. That it's not about punishment, it's not about stopping, it's about what we should start, and it's not about what's damaging us, it's about what we should be releasing. So. Um, starting that path, I went, I went looking to begin my own family. And I looked at the way I'd set up my life, you know, a lot of people, Um, I, I'm almost ashamed or embarrassed, sometimes, which is my own language about admitting that I'm a single mom, and one that's kind of not true. I mean, when we hear the word single mom, we think of someone who's almost in a, de- we used to, it's changing, that we used to think about someone in a destitute, situation, where it's uh, money is a struggle and safety and security is a struggle and that they have no help and no support or that they that turning into their families for their their prior like their mother and their father and aunts and sisters and whatever for support is, um is somehow a negative, and that um, they struggle with their parenting, they're probably a bad parent or um that their life is very hard. But um that that is not true. Um, and I've experienced it myself. One, I co-parent extremely civilly with my ex-husband that we are fully committed to the security and healthy bonding and cooperation for for our daughter's sake. And we um, share custody very well and we support each other. And when someone is struggling or sick, we, we help out. We're not shitty. Um, And that, I have purposely developed a healthy support system of friends, so that when I want my children to have friends and I need female friends to um, connect with, that I have built that and that I have people I can rely on. That if I need something picked up from the store and I can't get away from my kid or can't get away, <laughs> if I can't step away from my parenting responsibilities, or I need help, um, or something comes up, an appointment, and I need her watch, that I I have a community, and also that. I have secure care for my child and that I make enough money to um you know have savings and put good food on the table and always pay all of my bills and then have extra money. Like it's not it's not the 1970s where this is a huge social faux pas and no one, like we're a leper. So um all all of this contributed to as I was looking at the the gap of of what being on contraceptive, giving me a 10 month window instead of a six month window of ovarian cyst ruptures to having a child for myself and not one medically or physically needing a male partner in order to do that, I decided to have one for myself. And this decision came um, probably at late 2019. And I kind of proposed this question to a few people in my, in my close knit circle. What, like, what do you think would happen? What would that look like? Do you think I'm like, what do you see? Do you think I'm capable of that? Am I crazy? Um, and to think through like what mat leave would look like for me with a new kid, um, and not having a spouse and being a single income home and, um, feeling very quickly having other people, other loved ones respond to me that they that they think that's a great idea and that they think I'm capable of it. If anyone's capable of that, it's you, Julia, um, is <laughs> what I hear a lot of. Um, and so I, I went searching. I went looking probably in January of 2020 of this year And by, I think around by February, my experience with that was looking for a fertility clinic and costing out and understanding that it might not be a one-time thing. So understanding the science of it, that not every embryo transfer or um, sperm donor medical visit um, will, will yield results that I may have to go through this process multiple times before actually becoming impregnated. How much will that cost me? How much am I willing to pay for that experience? Um, Do I know any men in my community who would be willing to donate for free? I mean, I'm sure they love practicing, but the amount of legal responsibility or legal um, boundaries that they would have to consider that. And um, so to look through fertility clinics and to find proud fertility, Um, They have, now this is a great company and they, they offer a range of fertility, uh, I guess, services. Now they have a location listed in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and they have their main location and it was developed by a man named Nathan Chan, who's an incredible person. He's um, very loving and he developed uh, the first base in Calgary, I believe, and then a second location in Vancouver and another location out in the east coast of Canada. So um, finding Proud Fertility online, it was that and another company called The Olive Tree, I believe both based close to my hometown in Vancouver, BC. So as I'm looking at this website, I, I choose Proud Fertility and I click on services. And in the drop-down menu, there's like fertility, IVF treatment, and surrogacy. And it just, it blew my mind that I hadn't thought about this. Um, my, my, my choice of would I rather have ovarian cyst structures or would I rather experience pregnancy again? I, that was an immediate yes. And then having a child... For not just 18 years, because no one's your kid just for 18 years. They're your kid for the rest of their lives. You never stop being a parent ever. Um, and I get this, even at this age of only having a five-year-old. I know she's. I we all have kids forever, and me going to my parents as their child still. They're not done being parents. They never will be. So, um, to understand what a long term, um, what a long term development or experience that is for just experiencing nine to ten months of a pregnancy to not have a variance of structures like i was very ready for this but to have surrogacy come up in the services menu i clicked on it it was almost immediate i i i had this powerful curiosity in kind of knowing what that was but not remembering that was an option, not recognizing that that was an option that I that I could participate in, and it only it took a matter of minutes of reading the descriptions and reading what what that entailed that I knew surrogacy was for me. I um, I knew that that was something I wanted to give. had to take a short break there my um filming got interrupted so now i have tea but leading off from me recognizing that surrogacy was the right answer for me um i i don't typically believe in or i i you know it's such a battle with me I don't do a lot of the woo-woo. I don't do a lot of messages from the universe or God. Um, And I, I resist and reject a lot of, a lot of that um, either suggested advice or suggested happenings. Um, But I, I battle with it. Um, I also battle with the idea of having intuition and, and what that is or, or um, a gut instinct. Um, And, when I was looking through what surrogacy, confirming what it was, going through the proud fertility website, um, it I I had powerful feelings that that was a right path for me, that that the words in my head were, I should give someone else a child who can't have one, before asking the universe to supply me with my own. That just felt right to me, that I love pregnancy, I enjoy pregnancy, and I believe in helping others before I help myself. And to speak to um, the the woman's psyche on that, the way our wiring is. And I... I went through the process quite quickly, I inquired almost immediately as, uh, as a potential surrogate. And the process white went quite quickly, um, where they, the company Proud Fertility had a lot of support, they had a lot of help. Um, they, They helped me a lot through the process. So, um, this became a control, uh, like just a total gear switch. It it wasn't an argument. It wasn't a debate. Um, I looked at the information. I looked at a couple videos. I looked at a few other experiences. It took me a few days of research, and all of it just continued to lead me. Yes, this is right for me. Yes, I'm capable of this. Yes, I'm a good candidate. Yes, um, this is what I. This is something I really want to participate in. Um, this is a journey I want to take. And I think, I think a lot of people in general, um, maybe rarely experience that, um, that amount of power. And some people explain it as the universe, some people explain it as God or faith or um, another power, but I felt mine came from knowing myself. With the amount of work I've done in changing my viewpoint of the world and changing how I show up and changing how I participate in circumstances that I willingly dive into something. Things don't happen to me. I affect the world around me. I am my own fate. That that amount of power I hold that I've developed and designed and the confidence I've built in my actions and who I am and what I'm capable of um, over years and years of hard practice and lessons and failures and recoveries and successes in in that process of developing myself that way, where I came from n- not believing that about myself at all, from a hardcore victimhood mentality from my childhood, that choosing surrogacy was... Um, a powerful stance of, of who I was and who I wanted to be, who I want to be as a person and what I want to put out into the world. So, um, I started, I started jumping through the hoops, as I would say, there was a lot of information to fill out. There was a lot of understanding that I'd be going through medical tests that, um, I would have to share a lot of Personal bodily function information, and some of it uh, was fear. Um, I had I had fears about my ovarian cyst ruptures and what that would mean. That I wasn't just trying to get pregnant with a partner. I was um, hoping to be a optimum housing unit for someone else's child, and that I was. Going to be a responsible facility, <laughs> a responsible oven for someone else's bun, and I wanted, I wanted the proof that um, I could, I could hold a pregnancy, and I was worried because of the ruptures that I wouldn't be able to. So, um, actually having a check in with my gynecologist around that time, um, I asked her if I would be capable, if that, if that was an answer for me getting pregnant and she said it's probably the best answer to have it's it, like absolutely i would be able to get pregnant and there's no reason i shouldn't be able to and that that would that's a fantastic t- treatment path for not having ruptures so um the process went rather quickly where i was uh the, the company is just set up so well. It's such a fluid um, series of events where you're put through a psychosocial analysis to make sure that you're not crazy um, and not like trying to have someone pay you to make a baby that you're going to try to keep or steal, um, which is a, it's, it's a big thing. It's a big issue that a lot of other people worry about. And that like, even after women do give up the baby from a surrogacy, not give up, but... Yeah, give give. Even when women give the baby to the intended parents, there's often times of remorse um, or times of of other wishes, which um, we'll absolutely get into that journey and that path in in the next video. Um, But I went through profiles. I got to choose the intended parents, and they chose me back through developing profiles and having multiple videos and written profiles shared with me. Um, And that was, that was a beautiful journey and exploration of itself Um, to know, to be able to know so firmly and the experience I wanted to have going through this and to be able to match myself with another couple looking for a child who wanted a similar, if not same experience of a surrogacy journey. That matched my own, so um, the the answer for ovarian cyst ruptures had come come to me helping someone else complete their family, and that that started to really change my my spiritual dialogue about why I the story I was telling myself about the ovarian cyst ruptures I was having, where. I was able to take hold of my story and start rewriting the meaning behind it, which I believe women are really miss out on the guidance of their capability of that, that we are so in charge of our thoughts and having those determine our feelings and our perspective about our lives. And we need to begin fiercely harnessing that and, and, yeah i I was able to change that story from I'm having those you know, variance structures as punishment. My body is telling me to have more children to um, i'm i I feel the need to help create, develop, fertilize, incubate more family systems and to also, turn it around and look at how I'm already creating many family systems in my life, that I'm already um, building a parent-child relationship um, or a mentor-mentee or a crone-to-maiden mentorship or a mother-to-maiden mentorship in many other areas of my life, that I do this with my clients, that my friends and I do this back and forth in a peer way, that the more women friends I make who are moms, that their children become part of the village of children that I care about, that I build security for, um, as well as now becoming the mother of a child for someone else to start their family unit, that this is the, the gift I want to give. And even if I'm not having my own child in a selfish, uh, like nuclear family sense, um, I can become a mother on a greater scale. I can continue my motherhood building journey on a larger scale than just birthing my own baby. And that was that was the language change that I made about the journey and path that I was on, the lessons that I was learning and the path I wanted to walk and the life I wanted to forge for myself. So um That's, that's how I came to the surrogacy journey. And I think, I think this is going to turn into a five part because next, um, just as I had matched and begun the medical processes for having a baby for the intended parents I'd matched with, COVID hit. And that started a very different journey for all of us, not just who I'm talking about in this story so next episode I will share with you what my surrogacy journey um, at the beginning and height of COVID looked like for me and how that changed the path and changed everything so um, until next time I will see you in part four see you in a bit